Was a Chelsea morning, and the first thing that I heard was a song outside my window. And the traffic wrote the words. It came a ringing up like Christmas bells, and wrapping up like pipes and drums. Hello, and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. It is the week of Thanksgiving here in the states, and oddly, I'm not doing a gratitude episode. I mean, I could, it would be appropriate, but I'm starting somewhere else instead. In many circles, this is the time of year when things just go right off the rails. We eat like crazy, we run around in the cold, our noses run and we binge watch TV, we stress out about our families and sit online and buy things, and it's dark early and we drink too much wine, and welcome to the holiday season. And we kind of give up on trying to be healthy, and it's not until maybe after New Year's that we decide to recommit. So I want to pause before we get too deep into all that mess to talk about health and what we really mean by health and entertain the possibility that it's something we can hang on to over the next couple of months. So what do we mean by health? Around here, what we usually mean is staying thin. I mean, I know that is ridiculous. It sounds super ridiculous when you say it out loud, but isn't that what we talk about all the time? When we indulge in food and hit the gym in January, we're not really talking about health. We're not even actually talking about fitness. We're talking about fitting into our our New Year's Eve dress or something. I don't know. We're obsessed with shape and size, and we confuse that for health. And that's not to say that eating cookies for a month is what is healthy. I'm just offering that it's helpful to define health before we go trying to be healthy. And for this, I turn to Ayurveda. Before I do, I'm going to offer a little spoiler alert. You know this. We're facing more than the usual onslaught of just the regular holidays right now. The world is in some parts infuriating or depressing and It's all relentless, and I don't need to remind you that men are being called out for their behavior and that women, whether they choose to hashtag it or not, are reliving any or all traumas from their past, and I can't help but notice even in that arena, as women band together and speak out and speak up, I can't help but ask, why aren't we hearing with equal volume the stories of women of color? Is it that we can only shelter one tragedy at a time? In our hearts, can we not handle the harsh realities of sexism and racism? I don't have the answers to that, but I do know that every day, to me, feels like an onslaught that gun violence is up, that our government refuses to take simple steps to ensure the safety of its citizens, whether that's in the continental United States or in Puerto Rico. And on top of almost a year of President Trump, innumerable, innumerable moments of wondering how he can say the things he's saying. Not only because he's inappropriate or breaking norms, because sometimes breaking norms is is a good thing, but because he's eroding my sense of reality, my sense of peace and trust and order. And maybe this is a tipping point. Maybe his behavior is in part, the last straw, the reason women are standing up and shouting and fighting back and saying no more and not me too. And I want to be grateful for that. I am grateful for that, or I intellectually am, but 
Emotionally, I'm sad and confused and tired and unsure about a lot of things. I read something a while back and I'll link to it in the show notes because the author is better able to articulate this sensation than I am. Uh, And this piece of writing posits that Trump has never held a policy position he meant, right? He's never held a position about a particular policy that he hasn't later reversed. And this piece, it's actually its actually written on kotkey.org, but it's quoting a Twitter thread by author and professor Seth Abramson. And what Abramson talks about is that these shifts in policy are shifting the ground under our feet. Here's a quote that Abramson said about Trump and his changeability is intended to keep us anxious and on guard. In fact, he's admitted publicly many times that this is a tactic of his. Abramson goes on, have you noticed a change in your mood since January? I mean, a change you can't seem to escape. Anxiety, anger, fear, confusion, doubt. The most ubiquitous man in your nation is trying to poison you daily because it gives him power and no one is stopping him from doing it. And this, this is why health is more important. This is why real health is important. This has nothing to do with holiday cookies and getting in shape. I just could not bear to do a holiday health episode that plays into the self-care tropes or would have become those tropes because it's too shallow an approach for such a deep and real problem. Everyone deals with these shifting sands differently. Some people are angry all the time and they burn up and burn wide and burn indiscriminately. And other folks hide, sheet cake, and they don't come out. We need our health, not just to survive the holiday season, but to survive emotionally, spiritually, individually, as a community and survive as a country. This may sound hyperbolic. It may sound crazy. And I was so grateful that Abramson actually used the word poison because it it feels like that to me. It feels like there is a marked change and it's not all the discomfort of awakening because that is inco- that is uncomfortable. It's absolutely uncomfortable to be called out for behavior that you might not have recognized earlier that's contributing to white supremacy, for example. That's uncomfortable. But not all of this is awakening. Some of it's just crap. Some of it's just a horror show. And it's important that we stay healthy so that we can address it. Stress erodes our health. It can keep us isolated, doubling down on unhealthy habits. And that is why self-care is important. It's not because you deserve a bubble bath after Christmas shopping at the mall, although maybe that's true too. But I'm talking about something bigger here. Health is important because it keeps us from sinking. And if there's any chance of keeping the fight alive, we must be healthy We must be healthy. Again, that's why I turn to Ayurveda. Ayurveda is a traditional system of medicine. It's often called the sister science of yoga. Ayurveda is thousands of years old, thousands of years before modern Western science. And instead of being symptom focus, it's translated as science of life. It's a more holistic approach. It's about living in a most efficient mind and body so that you can go about the business of life and move forward in meditation or efforts towards enlightenment, right? Or whatever your goals are. Frankly, even if your goal is world domination, you're going to be better at it if you're healthy. 
just for now, if you wanted to, you could set aside the idea of pursuing enlightenment or even toppling the government. That seems overwhelming. If your goal is more immediate to you in your worldview to get a promotion, to be a better parent, or just even just to make it through the holidays without sinking into a deep, dark place, you'll be able to do it with more ease if you're starting from a place of health. And that's why self-care is not just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Self-care is about staying resilient through the tough times so that you can survive and battle and do all the things you need to do to get through them. So let's throw out the idea that healthy means not having as many cookies, right? I mean, that's where we started this introduction of Ayurveda in this conversation. So here is the definition of health according to Ayurveda. Please forgive my pronunciation. Just so you know, I did study this. And at one point, I knew the proper way to say all of these words, but I'm out of practice because I don't speak Sanskrit to a lot of people. Just you guys. Samadosha, samagnicha, samadatu, malakriya, prasana, atmaindriya, manaha, svasya, idiabidiate. So again, pronunciation aside for the moment. And again, ooh, this is a good opportunity to ask you guys if I have anyone listening who knows, who can say all of those things without sounding like a, you know, upper middle class white girl trying to learn stuff, um, then say it. Yeah, let's DM. DM me. We'll figure out a way for you to record it so that I can play it for everyone so they can have a little bit of a better understanding of how those words actually sound in their native language. But what this means is one who is established in self, who has balanced doshas, balanced agni, properly formed datus, proper elimination of malas, well-functioning bodily processes, and whose mind, soul, and senses are all full of bliss is called a healthy person. There were obviously still words in there that weren't English, but I'll get to that in a second. Here's what I love about the system of Ayurveda. It's about all the things. All the things. Yes, the physical body, but not just the way it looks. And not just the physical body, but also the mental and emotional body and our senses and connection to God or soul or self. Good stuff. Before we break this down a little bit more, I will pause here to say thank you. Thanks for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. Thanks for being with me on this journey through this like first Trump year and sticking with it and letting me know what you like about the show and letting me know what works for you and what doesn't. I'm always happy to hear that. I really am because even though I'm just one person talking into a microphone by myself in my living room, I am doing this because there is a larger community out there and I know you guys are out there. And so I am open to making this a two-way conversation and not a one-way talk at you. So if you want to contact me, please do so. You can go to yogafortherevolution.org And there's a contact us button there and you can write me a note through that. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can also just contact me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution or on Twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r. 
If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. Please do rate us if you are so inclined. And unrelated, but kind of related, you can get free shipping on orders over $45 at our Threadless shop, where you can use the code CHEER, lowercase d31, lowercase e17. It's not the best code. That's okay because you don't have to remember it because it's also posted on the top of the Threadless shop page, which is yogafortherevolution.threadless.com. Yoga for the Revolution t-shirts and sweatshirts are available and maybe someone you know needs a cozy sweatshirt that says, don't lose heart. I mean, it's possible. That's yogafortherevolution.threadless.com. So let's take a moment to break this definition of health down even further. What does all that stuff mean? Samadosha, samagnicha, samadatu, malakriya. What does it mean to have balanced doshas? Agni is the digestive fire. What does balanced digestion mean? Datu is tissues. So what does balanced tissues mean? And malakriya, that's a waste product. So let's start with dosha. We've chatted about this here before, but dosha are the forces within and without, that tend to get unbalanced. And when they're unbalanced, they set off other things that will then get out of balance. So think of the balanced or unbalanced doshas in part as a barometer of health. Everyone is born with a certain balance of these three doshas. Vata, which tends to be cold, mobile, sometimes more creative. Pitta, which is fiery, penetrating, and driven and kapha, which is sticky and more solid and stable. And when your particular mix gets out of balance, you might feel any of these qualities in excess. And when your mix is in balance, you'll feel like an honest, pure, efficient version of yourself. Balanced agni. That's the digestive fire. So balanced agni means good digestion. If there's anything in the Ayurvedic definition of health that warns against overindulgence in cake and wine, this might be the closest we get. Balanced Agni means we're hungry when we're supposed to be. For most people, what, like every four or five hours? And then when we eat, the food nourishes us. It's digested properly. Datus, balanced tissues. This one is likely a little more challenging to discern for most of us, certainly more so than digestion. In Ayurveda, there are seven tissues to speak of, plasma or lymph, blood, fat, bone, nerve tissue, and reproductive tissue. And unless you're particularly skilled in self-observation, you might miss an imbalance in any of these tissues, though some are more obvious than others. And the last part of this section, malakriya, healthy waste, this one is about what you excrete, sweat, urine, poop. You know your poop pattern, and you know when it's out of whack. And this is an indication of good health or less than optimal health. So all of that together, that's, that's physical health. Next up, we get slightly more esoteric. Prasanna, Atma, Indriya, Manaha. So Prasanna, Atma, the translations I've read and the way I've been taught in its very most basic form simply means happy, happy soul or happy self, maybe cheerful or serene, kind, depending on the translation. But overall, this line is about being happy satisfied in life, not cranky, not depressed. You can't be a healthy grump because that grumpiness is an indicator of imbalance. 
So there's a pattern here forming in this system, and that is that everything is connected. You can't contend that life is perfect if you're not pooping or if you're snippy or lashing out. In this system, all of those things, whether they're physical on the inside or mood-wise, right, or emotional, those are signs of imbalance and they're opportunities to create balance. And I love that this definition of health includes all of that. It's also incredibly important right now because these shifting sands that we talked about or the relentless onslaught of information and disinformation and stress is not healthy. It's not. And if you're feeling sensitive or having any emotional reactions to the news, please keep this in mind. It's real, it's okay, and it's also an indication of imbalance that could lead to larger symptoms of imbalance and dis-ease. It's not a reflection on your ability to be resilient. It's a clue or a signal to pay a little bit more attention to see if you can regain balance. I haven't always felt resilient in these past months. There are days where I gave in to the sensitivity. For me, it, it lands as kind of heaviness. And for me, this is how I'm using this practice. I try to Listen to those signals instead of powering through. Next on our list, Indria, these are the senses. Sense organs and motor organs. If any of these are impaired, we can't experience the world fully or reliably, and that in itself will create imbalance. So now is where I adjust my glasses and say, wait a minute, just because I don't have 20-20 vision doesn't mean I'm unhealthy. Well, yes and no. I'd say, I mean, thousands of years ago, the ancients didn't have hearing aids or wheelchairs, I think. So there's that, but let's take this more broadly and understand the spirit of what's going on in this line. In order to live right in the world, one must experience the world as it is. And if I can't see at all, then I can't see the world around me. And that would lead to a different kind of sensory world, a different kind of input, and therefore a different kind of output. I do believe we can be balanced with whatever level of sensory and motor ability we are given or that we have. The idea then is to work towards balance as much as possible within that, honing the senses, practicing taking in fully the information and experiences around us as much as possible and taking in things through the senses that make your senses happy. Beautiful music, visual art. So this is not to say close your eyes to the negative things in the world and only open them to positivity. It means experiencing the whole world, but nourishing your senses with beauty to help create balance. Mana, the next piece is about mind. And it's odd to me actually that it's just thrown in there like, oh yeah, also a balanced and working mind because that seems really complicated. But these three taken together, soul, senses, and mind are all looped in under that happy umbrella. So we're looking for balance and happiness in the soul, senses, and mind. Svasta is health, Abidiate is abides, that last line, meaning where all this is happening, that's where health lives. So someone who is balanced in the doshas, the digestion, the tissues, the waste, and who is happy in soul, senses, and mind, that is a healthy person. So that's a lot. It's a lot bigger, and it may be harder than just hitting the gym the day after a big meal. But the reason I bring this all up is because I really want us all to stay healthy in the coming weeks. It might be worth scheduling some healthy stuff for your whole self amidst all the madness or rush that can happen. If you're like traveling for 
the Thanksgiving holiday and you have a meal or meal prep and there's shopping involved and all of this stuff, I would encourage you to plan in some real self-care. Think about all the different kinds of health there are, everything we just went over, and consider what might make for a happy mind, what might make for happy senses, and use these as tools to bolster you. I'll be back next week after the holiday, just right on schedule, but in the meantime, keep breathing and live to fight another day. Morning.